0: Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Lake of the Ozarks, Podcast Studio B. This is the new old school podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. You know, you can download any of these free apps to any mobile device Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, Spotify. They're all free. And you're joining the thousands upon thousands listening every week from all over this big blue marble planet. Sorry, Flat Earthers. Big blue marble planet. Let's check in uh, the analytics today. Of course, United States. Got them at the top of the list. Australia, Nigeria, Singapore, Philippines, Canada, Latvia, the UK, South Africa, Rwanda, Albania, Hungary, Israel, India, Netherlands, Norway, Trinidad and Tobago and Zimbabwe. Thank you all for joining us. But well, we are in a series titled The Lord's Prayer, and we're looking into that what I would say probably the most famous prayer that we've ever heard. And we've been looking at this pattern that was left by Jesus as he is answering a request from the disciples to Lord, teach us how to pray. And so we've been going through this prayer step by step found in Matthew 6. Now I have to say, I jumped ahead last week. I did. I skipped some parts and uh, jumped towards the end of the prayer, but that's okay. We're going to pick right back up. It is that famous prayer found in Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. This is the provision of, of this prayer. These seven words are so important, and it's a foundation to what the Lord was telling us to pray for, provision. And so I want to start with this. This proves that, number one, God wants us to pray for natural provision. Now, I know that we have seemed to jump in the ditch when it comes to talking about natural provision, and we've really kind of lumped it all together to just mean, well, prosperity. Now it's called the prosperity message or that prosperity gospel. You're a prosperity preacher. Well, yes, and so was Jesus, but not in the light that it's been painted in today. It's been very tarnished, and it's almost like a cuss word now, you know, used to smear ministers who want to talk about prosperity and provision. But Jesus said, pray this way. Give us this day our daily bread. Provide for us today, Lord. God wants us to pray for natural provision it's not wrong to pray for a home. How many of you listening today are living in a place that you have a roof over your heads? Well, how dare you? How many of you are walking to Walmart every day or to work or walking to school and church? Or well, you drive a car? You want to you have one that will get you where you're going? How dare you? No, he wants, us, he wants us to have a great job, a good vehicle, natural provision. Now, we've been told it's selfish and it's wrong to do, but you know, it can't be because uh, the disciples said, teach us how to pray, and Jesus said, in this manner. This is how I want you to pray. I want you to ask for daily provision. Look at it. It starts with the word give. Give us. Why? Well, Because God is a giver. God delights in providing for his children. He even introduced himself as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. God wants to provide. It's not just okay to pray for provision. But Jesus taught us to pray this way. He says, give us this day our daily bread. Most theologians believe this is in reference to Exodus 16, when God provided daily bread to the children of Israel for 40 years. Exodus 16, verses 4 and 5. Then the Lord said to Moses, behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out, gather a certain quota every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And we're gonna talk about that. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. And of course, that was because they weren't supposed to work on the Sabbath day. So uh, day and daily. So Matthew 6, verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. Daily, just like in Exodus. Give us this day our daily bread bread. So look at this. That seems redundant to me. Day, daily. Why didn't he say, give us this day our bread or give us our daily bread? Why this day our daily bread? The thing is, God wanted the children of Israel to depend on him to provide every single day, and he wants us to do the same every day. And if we do not learn to depend on God's daily provision well, you know, we're going to start to seek it out somewhere else, right? And when we look for it through some other source, we know we're going to be very disappointed. God designed us to eat daily, right? I mean, some more than others, but he created these bodies. He made them to consume food daily. You do know God could have made us to eat weekly or monthly if he wanted to, right? Why did he do this? Well, he did it to remind us to depend on him daily. Now it's unfortunate. I think uh, there's a good number of us that would probably it uh, rather it be, Lord, give us uh, our annual bread, right? That way I don't have to think about it. God wanted us to remember to depend upon him. He, he doesn't want to talk to us annually or monthly. God wanted to talk to us every day, multiple times a day. You think about that. God wants to see and to talk to you every day. And this represents that. Exodus 16 and verse 15 So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. This word manna means what is it? In Hebrew, that's the word, what is it? It didn't mean bread. It means what is it? They named it that. And by the way, did you notice that it had to be gathered and it still had to be prepared? It didn't come in the form of something complete and ready for consumption. It still had to be prepared, collected and prepared. God provides, but you still have to do your part. So they said, wow, what is it? Moses said, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. Exodus sixteen, sixteen through 18, this is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's need. One omer for each person, that's a measurement. According to the number of persons, let every man take for those who are in his tent. And the children of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less. So when they measured it by omers, He who gathered much had nothing left over. He who gathered little had no lack. Every man had gathered according to each one's needs. See, this does away with the, well, why did so-and-so get more? Why did so-and-so get less? It was just according to the need. Eight children families, of course, would get more than a family of three. But what I love is that it says that all their needs were met. Even the ones that gathered much, it worked out perfectly with no waste. And the ones that gathered a little, they had no lack. They had no need. It worked out perfectly. They didn't suffer with lack. So we have to begin to pray for the need we have according to what we need. Not just whatever somebody else is doing. It's according to our family. Pray every day to meet the needs of my family in every single area. Jobs, pray for the bread. Business owners, pray for your employees that you would have enough bread to bless them daily. Praying for the church, uh, well, I'm praying that there's enough bread for you all weekly, all of you that daily, all week, that you would have bread. Jesus was referencing manna. I believe that I think he was also referencing a proverb as well, and I'm talking about the ones that were not written by Solomon. Did you know that he didn't write all of them? Chapter 30 was actually written by Agar. Agar. But he said in verse 8, Remove falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me. What he's saying is this, God... I trust that you know exactly what I need and when I need it. Just give me that. Give us our daily bread. This is what he's saying is that I know that I need to trust God every day. And then if I had too much well, the temptation would, would be well I I I've uh, we, listen we've all done this. Well, I got it. Why pray? Why well, depend on God today because I've already I already have all of all that I need. We've all done that at some point where a blessing has come in and now we're not we're not praying nearly like we did, right? Why depend on God every day? I already have all I need. Or give me enough because I don't want to be tempted to seek it out another way. Not riches, but not poverty. These are, these are the two extremes that would be preached in most churches today. Some preaching a prosperity gospel, some preaching a poverty gospel, and Jesus came and he's preaching a provision gospel. Father wants to provide for your needs, but he wants you to ask him. And when we ask God daily, keeps us dependent upon his grace and his provision for our lives. And I know this for sure. It keeps us in faith. It's a faith exercise. It's just like that little boy that was praying for a little brother came to his dad. He said, dad, I want a little brother. The dad said, well, you ought to pray for a little brother then. So he prayed for a month and nothing happened. So the little boy, he starts month two and he prays for two months and nothing happened. So he prays for three months, nothing happened. So he stopped praying few months later, his father took him to the hospital. He said, son, I want to show you something. He pulled back the curtain and there was a baby brother. He pulled it back a little bit more and another baby brother and a little bit more and a third baby brother. And he said, now, aren't you glad you prayed? And the son said, yes, I am. Aren't you glad I stopped after three months? Right? Come on. Listen, God wants to provide. So number one, it's okay to ask for natural provision. Number two, God wants you to ask for spiritual provision. He wants us to pray for this as well. Now, I know I've heard both sides of the argument. Well, is this natural or is it spiritual? I believe it to be both. And I can say this because I think it's not too hard nor too deep to look through scriptures, find references of God's natural provision for his people. And I don't think it's too hard to find the same when it comes to spiritual needs as well. So when he uses this word, um, you know, and we're looking at this, it's not just give us food. Now he uses uh, bread because bread in the Bible has both spiritual and natural meanings, right? He didn't say, "Well, just give us." It didn't say, "Just give us food," but he's using the word bread for for, for uh, on purpose. He's doing it on purpose. In Mark seven is Jesus is speaking to a woman, and he he called freedom from bondage the children's bread. Healing is the children's bread. So you could ask for healing every day as well. John six thirty one. So he just fed the 5,000, and they're talking. He said, uh, our fathers ate manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them the bread from heaven to eat, talking about natural provision. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses, did not give you thee. He did not give you thee. Now here comes the spiritual meaning, the bread from heaven. But my father gives you the true bread from heaven. John 6, for the bread of for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said, give us this bread. And he's like, I am the bread. Hello? So we know it had a spiritual meaning as well. Matthew 4, 4, but he answered and he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And of course, that's the quote from Deuteronomy 8 in verse 3. So he humbled you and he allowed you to hunger and he fed you with manna which you did not know nor did your fathers know that he might make you to know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So would it be all right that we could pray for both natural and spiritual bread daily? Of course it is. Give me that word that proceeds from your mouth for today. I think that's an awesome thing right there, that you could ask God every day. If, if you have a situation in your finances, uh, something going on in your marriage or your health, maybe there's a family issue, Wouldn't it be good to have a word from God every single day on it? Give us this day, our daily bread. Yes, he provided food every day. But then Jesus says, yes, and guess what else? There's also spiritual food for you. The the true bread from heaven, the one sent who was the word made flesh and he dwelt among us. Well, how do I hear from God every day? Read your Bible. This seems like, people get mad when you tell them to read their Bible. This blows my mind. I've had people get mad at me because they want me to give them a word. Give me a word. Give me, if I had a word, I'd give you one. I can think of some words that I want to give some people sometimes, but it wouldn't be from the Bible. Come on, listen. Why, why is this such a hard concept to grasp? Why does it, it? Well, it seems too easy. It is too easy. The true bread. One that was sent, the word, right? How, how do we hear from God? Read your Bible. Read your Bible. This is God speaking to you. And if you need to hear God's audible voice, then read your Bible out loud. My mother had this little thing called Our Daily Bread. Remember with those little pieces of paper in the kitchen when I was growing up? Read one every day. Uh, Some of them were called like the Gospels, and they were little slips of paper with scriptures on them in a pill bottle, Gospels. But, But we had those reading one every day. God not only wants to provide bread for me to eat, but he also wants to provide a word from his own mouth every day for me personally. But this pray, pray, it says, ask, ask, request. Ask for both every day. I have to do this often as I run across scripture that I cannot quite grasp, right? I'm not just getting it. And so I'm looking up stuff and it's not exactly what I'm after. And I'm like, okay, you know what, 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 what? And the Lord says, well, don't you think I know what it means? Well, yeah. And he said, well, why wouldn't you ask? And sure enough, once I do, well, he leads me right into understanding through other scriptures and there you go. You see, I, I was looking, but I had not asked. I studied and I looked, and, but I didn't ask. But when we do, God will provide spiritual provision. Now, let me say, and, and I'm talking to me first. I've done this. When, when we have difficulty sleeping at night, in my opinion, the primary reason that we cannot sleep is because we're worried if there will be manna on the ground when I wake up. I know my mind runs about the church and the TV show do we have enough money and I'm always thinking about upcoming things you know well Donnie Donnie why aren't we doing this why aren't we doing that well the reason's money I'm sitting here thinking well I I know you want to go do this but see here's what happens in my mind the children's room isn't finished here that's another three thousand dollars the sanctuary needs new carpet and that's now up to six thousand dollars we need two bathrooms built downstairs for the children. That's $3,500. Uh, we need a new roof, too, because it's leaking, and insurance is indicating it may not cover that. That's $7,000 if we do it ourselves. Oh, January is TV contract signing for 25000 a year. Our ditch is falling uh, under the driveway. Just a matter of time that somebody's going to uh, cave that in because it's washed out underneath six foot of concrete. So that dirt's going to need dug up and replaced. And the property behind us that we need for parking, 25000 Oh, and the IRS is trying to get 11000 from us, even though we're tax-exempt. But since we didn't turn in papers for two years for some reason saying that we're still tax-exempt, they want to charge us $11,000 for not telling them that all of a sudden we're still not paying. So, you know, we still have lights and water and sewer and insurance. <laughs> what am I saying? Lord, give us this day our daily bread. <laughs> Will there be enough, Lord. No, so you get to come and sit down and worship and drink water and eat donuts and praise God and fellowship and complain when it's too hot or too cold. And then, and then, you know, all I can think is how much is that? Will there be enough manna? Or don't act like you don't do the same thing. So what's your story? Your story's the same, just fill in your needs. So what Jesus was saying is, guys, you have got to know that your father, right? Our father, who is in heaven, he will and he wants to provide for you every single morning. When we, when haven't we had lights? When haven't we had air or heat, water or donuts? When haven't we had TV programs? When haven't we? Oh, and by the way, I bought this building. And, and, oh yeah, to begin with, and remember it was debt free. So just ask like you did when you needed the 185,000 to buy the building. Just ask like you did when you needed the 30,000 to fix it up. Just ask. God's manna will be on the ground for that day. Jesus, right after this prairie, goes into what? And oh, by the way, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what to eat. Don't worry about what to drink. Don't worry about what it is that you're going to put on. Don't worry about these things because the Lord knows. And if he's faithful to take care of the flowers, and if he's faithful to take care of the birds, well, I think he can take care of you. Every day, don't worry about these things. Just ask. So here's the thing. Daily manna is a test. See, did you know that with finances, provision, it's the only place that God said it was okay to test him for natural provision. In Deuteronomy 8, he said, the only reason I provided daily manna for you is because it was a test. So for one, will they try and gather too much every day or will they do as I asked and take just what they need and trust me again tomorrow morning? Because the temptation was, and I'm sure uh, that they were feeling this way, to gather too much. And it says that when they did that, that extra, they thought it was a good idea, but it rotted by the very next day. It had worms in it because God did not want them to trust him for two days worth, just one. The other thing was on that sixth day, he did say, listen, I'm going to provide for you two days worth. And so they thought, well, again, what if worms get into it? So no, we're not going to do that. We'll go out on the seventh day. We'll just look for more in case it rots. Well, then there was none on the seventh day. God asked Moses, how long will these people test me like this? How long are they not going to obey? But you know what? We do the same thing in holding on to our money at times because, well, God God may not provide tomorrow. I know we see it here at the lake area when when the tourist season ends, people get real nervous, start hoarding money. Giving goes way down as we enter into the winter here. Giving goes way down, and I can watch people. What are they doing? They are hoarding it because I don't know if God's going to be able to provide through the winter. I don't know if God's gonna be able to take care of me through the winter. Well, you made it through the last 40 winters, but for some reason this year, I I don't know. God may not provide tomorrow. So what's gonna happen is if you hold on to more than you should, it's gonna rot. Now listen to me. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to save, of course. What I'm saying is, is if God is saying to do something and we don't do it, Guys, that, it's just going to rot. A person that was very close to me. When I say close, you have no idea. But this person, because of fear and some other motives, but this person embezzled $200,000 from this ministry over a number of years. While this person's house was, uh, household was bringing in nearly $85,000 combined income in the year, which far exceeded the needs of what the person had in bills, okay? $200,000 hoarding it, took it, and this person today, as broke as can be cannot work enough, has four jobs, can't work enough for some reason, and is suffering and broke because it's a bag with holes. It's rotting, stolen, because of not believing that there would be manna every day. What I'm talking about is do not store up treasures upon the earth. Listen, should you save? Yes, be smart. But we do not want to hold on to what it is that God says to give. If God says give it, you gotta give it. Now, this, this pushed this ministry into what? having to believe every day and still today, believe me, 200,000 would go a long way in this ministry today. We never got it back and we never will. My goodness. But what I had to learn was every day, well, I I didn't know we were being robbed. I couldn't figure out why we were broke. I had to learn to pray every day. Lord, give us this day, our daily bread today. And the other place um, that these people failed was, well, I'll just work on the day that the Lord said not to Well, guys, that isn't gonna work either, right? If you do not um, rest at least one day a week and trust that God will provide, guess what? You'll rot. You're gonna wear out. I remember the day I had to pass the test. That's just my story. I'm sure you have a different one. But as I said, no money. We just moved back to this area after being gone for a year, and that's a whole other story. But we came back, and we buy a home. God provided. It was great. I had a job. It was okay. It's paying just enough. But I'm ministering. I'm traveling. I'm holding healing schools while working a full-time job. And so here I am. And, well, I'm looking and nothing. No meetings coming up. And to be honest, that was a huge part of our income at that time. And this is before I was in full-time ministry. And so I'm working, but, man, there's no way we're making it without me traveling and doing some things. And, I mean, and travel was very good to me. And even now, in, in the ministry right now, I haven't traveled in a while, And that had made up at least a third of our money coming in. So now what I'm going to do, so I'm applying at places and I'm asking the Lord, well, what am I going to do? This can't last much longer. And I remember I'm standing in my living room and I get a call from the Missouri Department of Corrections. I had applied for work there as a correctional officer. And they said, you're hired. And I, I remember right away, the Lord saying, don't do it. And I'm like, what? And I remember, I remember right where I was standing in my living room. He said, don't do it. So I said, no, thank you. And so I did, I hung up and I'm like, now how am I gonna explain that to my wife? No real meaningful job, travel's dried up and they offer me a job and I say, well, God said to say no. The same day, I get a call from a previous employer that says, I heard you're back in town. Come work with us, I'm gonna give you $30 an hour. Now I'm talking about mm, 10, 10 years ago, $30 an hour to come back right now and I'm like, I can't. And now I'm getting sick to my stomach. I'm like, God, what are you doing to me? He said, I want you to start working for me daily. I want you to start at nine. I want you to take off at noon for lunch and then back to work till your children get home from school. Get in the word, study, pray, and work for me like you're full time. Okay, so I did. I began to work for him. No pay for months, Monday through Friday. Well, one day, there I am one morning during the summer, kids are at home and the lights get shut off. And I'm like, wait a minute. So I call and I'm like, what happened? Well, this is what happens when you don't pay your bills. And I'm like, God, I'm doing what you said to do. And this is what I get. Teaching my kids that working for God is great. You ought to try it. And you two can live in poverty like, like me. God says to me, wait a minute. Did you ask me today for your daily bread? Did you happen to think to ask me instead of accusing me? Um. Okay, sorry. He said, well, it's never too late. So sure enough, listen to this, by the end of the day, we we have to now pay extra, right, to get the lights back on. And so, of course, now it's more than it originally was that we couldn't pay to begin with. And in the mail that day, somebody sends a card with money in it, and it's enough to pay the bill and extra. This would begin to be a test for me as things would take place through the ministry. But as I'm going on, God says, hey, wait a minute. Now, just a few minutes ago, I'm getting blamed for this. And I'm like, yeah, no, thank you, Lord, for, for meeting my needs again. Yeah, thank you. That was amazing. And he said, no, no, no. I don't think you understand the lengths that I will go for you. See, these people who sent the money I ministered to some time back at a church, and they were both healed and so thankful. And, and so they had said, you know, someday we're going to, which people say this all the time, someday we're going we're gonna to bless your ministry. You know, like when I win the lottery, we're going we're gonna to give, you know. Uh, someday you know, we're going to bless your ministry. But here they are, this is a couple years later, having received an inheritance from a loved one and God reminding them of their promise that they were going to tithe off of that. And he said, I started working on this months ago, son, way before today, when you decided to finally pray and trust me. No, I was working on this for, for a couple years, son, so that it would land here on this exact day. And I had to work through the United States postal service to get it done for you. Now that's a miracle. But I was reminded that before I ask, he would answer, but I need to ask. He was already working behind the scenes, but to receive the manifestation of the work that he was doing, all I had to do was ask. And all of that landed on that very day, but it started years before. I have so many testimonies. This one's been a good podcast as a reminder to me to see God's goodness in the past and what he's done. But also to remind me that God is good today. And he's going to be good tomorrow morning too. Lord, give us this day, today, our daily bread. See guys, it's okay to ask. He actually expects it. And Jesus told us to do it. God so wants to meet all your physical and spiritual needs. Do not forget this pattern of prayer that God is already working on your behalf. Come on, just think about that. He's already lined up that ram. You remember that story. It woke up that morning and decided, I'm gonna go this direction today. Oh look, there's a thicket. Let's see what's in there today. And he gets stuck on that exact day, on that exact moment. God was already steering that Ram. Do you know that God's steering your Ram too? But will you ask for it today? That's on you. That's all the time I have for today. Thank you for joining me on the new old school podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Until next time, I'm going to be asking every day so that I can continue to attempt the ridiculous and achieve the miraculous.